0: Well, I am excited about today and the message today. I'm excited about Advent. This is a really special time of year for for me and my family. Not just because we get to see family members, we get to have gift exchange kind of things and festivities, and we get to hear Christmas music in secular places, Christ being Uh, sung about as lord i love that about christmas time there's a spirit of generosity that seems to increase this time of year which is beautiful there is just a lot of sweet things sentimental things and sweet things about christmas time yet that's not the case for everybody Uh, for many people this is the hardest time of the year for them depression is up anxiety is up pain, wounds are kind of reopened and deepened because of past broken relationships with family members. There's a sense of dread of seeing certain family members maybe. And, and, and then there's this, there's this busyness that all of us tend to uh, be affected by in some way or another. And so for some of us, you know, Christmas time, Advent time is, is awesome. We love it. Uh, for others uh it it's it 's painful it's it 's hard it 's difficult for them, and others have kind of a love hate relationship with it. They love it, they love many aspects about christmas time, but then they just they they end up getting caught up in this frantic whirlwind of busyness and they totally miss the point of the whole season in the first place, just with doing good things with good intentions uh doing good things and so Today is officially the first day of Advent, uh, and the word Advent just means arrival or coming, and for centuries the church has spent time focusing on Christ's first coming during this season. So Jesus was born of a virgin, the Son of God stepped into this world, and he came to be the light in, the dark, in this dark, broken world, to be our Redeemer, our Rescuer. And so the church uh, traditionally has focused on Christ and His coming. And this is the time for us to reflect upon Christ and who He is and what He came to do for us. Reflect on the gospel truth, but also reflect on the reality that there's a second Advent that He promised would happen as well. There's, another re- there's a return, there's another Advent, another coming, another arrival that where Jesus is coming back. And so one of the things I want to challenge us to do with this message and and, and, uh, starting here um, is to really set our hearts on Jesus and not let the good things of this season distract you from what's best and what's necessary. And so we're going to focus on that. We're going to look at Jesus' teaching in the Sermon on the Mount and how he talks about not to worry and how we are to, our, our view of uh, provision and of God providing for us for the future and so on and not to get caught up in the worry and the hustle and bustle. Uh, but before we, we do that, I'd like to look at, at Luke chapter 10 because I think Martha and Mary illustrate well for us, um, I believe, what, what the Lord wants for us in this season. Uh, so in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, uh, it says Jesus had two friends, Martha and Mary, and he went to hang out at their house. Wouldn't you be excited if Jesus came to hang out at your house? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we would all be excited about that. Jesus is coming over, Whoa. clean the house. <laughs> all right, kids, clean your rooms. Like you want to you want to fix it up and you, you want to make your house look nice. Right. If Jesus is coming over. You better prepare, prepare the way for the Lord. Right the king of kings (laughs) i don't know if this was a surprise visit or what i don't know how much time martha was able to clean her kitchen get some food prepared clean the house uh get the yard fixed stuff i I don't know how much time martha had to prepare but she was caught up in this world let's look at this story real quick and then we'll dig into matthew 6 now as they went their way jesus entered into a village and a woman named martha welcomed him in her into her house Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Alright. So this is a beautiful little snapshot here of these two, uh, two ladies that, that Jesus was friends with and he cared about and, and he shows up and they both, I think, had good intentions. I think, I think Martha, you know, had good intentions in doing much serving. I mean, she could have been like, it, or isn't the, the servant of all the greatest? Look at me, I'm serving. I'm doing what you said. But in that moment, in that moment, being distracted with much serving, she, she missed out on what the Lord had for her. Sometimes our serving can be a distraction from us hearing from Jesus and sitting at his feet. Okay, so don't, this Christmas season don't be like martha who got so distracted with good things in serving that she missed out on the best thing this time of year this advent season is a time for us to reorient our heart to set our hearts on jesus to sit down at his feet i want to encourage us this year to spend time focusing on jesus use, use some advent devotionals use some study some scripture meditate on scripture that focuses on who Jesus is, his name, his character, uh, his teachings. And just, just think about who he is and what he came to do. Be like Mary, Mary, who sat and she listened to his teaching. All right? Isn't Christmas supposed to be about Christ? Don't let the culture hijack this season for you. Okay? And all the good things about it, like gift giving, like decorations, like yummy dishes and desserts and parties and festivities. Like those things are all great. Enjoy those things for the glory of God. But don't make those things the main point or let those things eclipse the glory and the beauty of Jesus (laughs) in this season. Amen. So Martha was anxious and troubled about many things. Don't let anxiety overtake you this, this season. Okay, don't be troubled. Uh, one thing is necessary. So, so with that said, let's look at Ma- Matthew 6, 25 through 34. And Jesus expounds on this teaching about not being anxious. Okay, not being anxious. So Matthew 6, 25. Uh, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Is its own trouble. All God's people said. Amen. Amen. So here's the big idea. Here's where we're going this morning. God's kingdom must be the priority of Christ's followers. And the point of view from which they see the world around them. God's kingdom must be the priority of Christ's followers. And the point of view from which they see the world around them. Okay. We welcome Jesus the King and His kingdom in our lives. And may He bring His kingdom in our lives today, even as we focus on this. So a big thrust in this passage is this issue of worry and anxiety. Okay? This is a problem. This is a problem with many Americans. This is a problem even with many Christians. Right? Okay, so here's here's just some Some facts here, some stuff I got on the internet. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, 40 million Americans over the age of 18 are affected by anxiety. Roughly 18% of the nation's population. Anxiety and worry is a problem. Anxiety drains you emotionally, drains your, your, your good emotions, right? Right? It drains you of uh, emotional strength. It zaps you. It sucks the life out of you. Okay? Anxiety can cause or exasperate physical illness. So it not only affects you emotionally, but it takes a toll on your body physically. It wears you out. You lose sleep over worrying, right? Now, some of us I know are very skilled at worrying. All right? Some of us have spent a lot of time worrying. And you know how to worry. You know how to take matters in your own hands, in your own mind, with your own plans, in your own strength, and figure it out. And then maybe te- add a little prayer later on, right? <laughs> or ask God to clean up the mess that you made by, by taking it in your own hands, right? Uh, so some of it, we're, we're, we've all been guilty of this. And Jesus knows that this is the tendency of humanity, this is our naturally, we, we gravitate towards worrying and anxiety. And we got this. I can figure this out. Okay. I, I can do this. Independence. Uh, and, and as Pastor Mike said last week, you know, if you, if you peel back every issue of sin at some level, you're going to find pride there. I think this is another one of those things where you, you peel back and the anxiety uh, layers of anxiety and why, why are you being anxious about tomorrow? Why are you being anxious about your life? Why are you worrying? At some level, you'll find some pride there, right? Because you're, you're trying to do it yourself, right? right? Instead of depend on God. Um, so anxiety is toxic to your body and to your soul. It's damaging to your body and your soul. So in this passage, Jesus gives us reasons not to be anxious, he gives arguments. Like, don't be anxious. How many of you? How many of y'all need to be convinced by Jesus today, not to worry, not to be anxious? Anybody besides myself? Because I've already, it's December third, and I've already got caught up in the busyness of this season with good intentions. You know, just yesterday. I mean, I, I and I'm and I know what I'm going to preach about. I know I'm going to talk about this. And so, like, this sermon's for me. I'm not just preaching. I'm not preaching at you this morning. I'm speaking to you, and I'm speaking to myself. I know that this is a problem for, for me as well. This is a battle. This is a fight that me and my, my wife have to, have to continually fight. Is don't let these emotions of anxiety and worry take over. And Jesus gives us a, a better way to live, a better way to think about life. And that's what we're going to look at here. We're going to look at the the perspective of the kingdom and the priority of the kingdom. But first, let's look at some reasons why Jesus teaches us not to worry about tomorrow. Uh, The first one is simply that Jesus commanded not to worry. He said, don't worry. That's a command. That was not a suggestion. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. And it's emphasized at least three times here in the text. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Verse 25 verse 34 uh, verse 31 therefore do not be anxious and so he emphasizes not being anxious this is a command so therefore if jesus commands us not to do something and we do it what do we call that okay disobedience i'm looking for the s word here sin sin we call that sin if jesus says don't do something and you do it it's sin right all right our kids, right, if, if you're our parents, if your kids, you tell your kids not to do something and they do it, we call it disobedience. But it's also called because children are supposed to obey their parents, right? OK, so it's sin. And and so sin is destructive to us. And, and Jesus knows what's best for us. He knows that anxiety and worry will hijack our lives if we let it. It will destroy us emotionally, spiritually, physically. It will put unnecessary stress on all the relationships that you have at work, at home, at church, because you worry. What am I going to do? What are we going to do with this or that or that? How are we going to get by with this? What if we don't have this? You know, I think Jesus was, I think he lived just with the kingdom reality and he didn't let, like even the winds and the waves when, when he's in the middle of a storm, he's just... He's just chill and he speaks to the storm, peace, be still. And, and we get so caught up, we get up, we get caught in the emotions and the winds and the waves of anxiety and fear. And if we'll just bring that to Jesus, he will speak peace to our storm, our internal storm. And, and bring his kingdom of peace inside. And that's what we need. That's the kingdom of God. Peace, righteousness, peace, joy, in the holy spirit don't we long for that don't we long for that in this busy frantic world that's just where there's overstimulation we long for that peace so also being anxious is a waste of time it's vain it doesn't do any good at all jesus says this in verse 27 which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life okay Anybody want to answer that? Can you make your life, can you, can you live any longer by worrying? Can you add years to your life by worrying about something? No, you can't. Can you change your hair color or add hair to your head by worrying? It, it does not work, alright? Actually, it might work the opposite if, if you do. Uh, so, so Jesus teaches that it's a waste of time. He's given us reasons why we shouldn't worry, why we shouldn't be anxious. Living anxiously with a preoccupation with materialism is what those who do not know God do. Jesus said it's the Gentiles... Uh, the, the nations, those who uh, don't have a relationship with God, that, and, that, and that's kind of that's kind of the idea when he says that. For the Gentiles, verse thirty-two, the Gentiles who seek are, are those who seek after these things. They're preoccupied with materialism. And right now, you look at you look at the retail store. You look at retail. That's what's happening right now. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying it's a sin to go shopping and be a part of the gift giving of of Christmas but don't let it be about materialism don't let it be about these smaller gifts I it grieves me when my kids get more excited about the presents that are going to be under the tree than Jesus the greatest present ever I mean I think and I, it's kind of hard because you know we they have grandparents and we can't I don't feel like we can just say stop giving them gifts right we could we could but it's like that, that's the grandparents' joy, right? Like shower down gifts, sweets and treats, and send them home, right? And so, so as parents, we got to navigate, like, how do, we, how do we not let our kids get caught up with the consumerism and materialism of this season so much that it, it eclipses Jesus, the greatest gift ever? That's what Christmas is about. That God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. And Jesus took on flesh and He stepped down into this dark and broken world to redeem us, to rescue us. Don't let the world hijack your Christmas and distract you from seeing and savoring the Son of God. Let Him be your treasure this Christmas. Okay, Worship Him and and lead your family into worshiping Him this Christmas. I mean, we're swimming upstream with this. This is hard, all right? Our kids get swept away. I mean, there's, there's Santa, there's, you know, Frosty, there's, there's all these things about, you know, the cartoons and the movies and, and the decorations and the reindeer and all these little things around it that, that, ne- that aren't necessarily evil or bad, but they're, they're, they're a distraction to our kids, to our, to our own hearts and our own lives. And so let's lay aside every weight And every sin that so easily ensnares us. And let's fix our eyes on Jesus this season. Worrying is a distraction from what is most important, namely seeking first the kingdom of God. So in this passage, Jesus instructs his disciples to not worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Don't be preoccupied with stuff and even just the necessary stuff to live. To get by with. Don't don't let those things steal your peace and your joy in the moment. It it baffles me that, that we can get so fixated on tomorrow and worried about and worked up about tomorrow that we're sitting in all kinds of blessings today, all kinds of privileges and pleasures and relationships and opportunities today. That we're, that we're robbed of because we're fretting about tomorrow. We're over-focused on tomorrow. Now, I don't think Jesus is anti-planning. I know we got some planners up in here. I don't think Jesus is anti-planning. Okay, I think it's good to plan. I think it's good to save and it's good to store and it's good to think ahead and see bigger picture. But I think we need to have a kingdom perspective about our future. James says this. He says, Don't boast about tomorrow because... You don't even know what's going to happen because your life is like a vapor. Instead, say, if the Lord wills, we'll do this or that tomorrow. So we need to have this mindset, this perspective that ultimately we are in God's hands. He is the sovereign king of the universe. And so we should seek for the advancement of his everlasting kingdom while we're here on earth as it is in heaven. Because if we spend time focusing and worrying about investing in our little kingdom, it's going to come crashing down like a castle of sand on the beach. And, we're, going to, and we're, we get, we're like little kids, all worried about that castle getting knocked over. It's just going to get knocked over. Our little kingdom is going to get knocked over. So seek first the kingdom of God, God's reign, God's rule, God's authority in your life, in your family's life. Here's a couple other things. Here's, here's the perspective of the kingdom that Jesus gives in this text. Some and, and more reasons why we shouldn't worry about tomorrow. Life, he says, uh, is not life more than food in the body, more than clothing? So life consists of more than just material things. I mean, just think about that. I mean, it's okay to dress nice. It's okay to enjoy good food and go to nice restaurants and cook. Yummy meals and share yummy cookies with folks. Your pastor. No, just kidding. <laughs> it's okay to do those things, right? That's great. That's great. But life is so much more than just what you're wearing and what you're eating. Okay? It's so much more than that. Happiness of life, the good life, the kingdom life is so much more than that. Paul describes it in, in, in Romans fourteen seventeen. 17 as this. The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Does that sound good? That's a kingdom life. Living with righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Relationships where love is given and received. That's what life is about. Right? (coughs) Right? That's what that's what Jesus sums up the scripture with. He says, you know, uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind and your strength. Like that's what matters. When If I were to die and see my life like on a movie screen, probably be rated R, uh, see my life on a movie screen and I'm standing before God in judgment. OK, I would want to see myself loving God and loving people. I think that's what matters most. Wouldn't you want to see that of your own life? And, you know, some of us need some major editing in the movie of our life, right? Because it would be a rated R, rated X movie, right? But the blood of Jesus is great at that, by the way. God can edit your story. Wash away your sins. Remove them as far as the east is from the west. Give you his righteousness. Okay. Taking some bunny trails, but I think these are some good ones. Okay, so here's another reason why our perspective of the kingdom and why we shouldn't worry. God is our father, our heavenly father. Just let that sink in. Who's your daddy? Okay? If God is your father, the sovereign over the universe, why are you worried? Are you, are you living like an orphan? Are you living like a son and a daughter of the king of kings? Of the sovereign of the universe. When we give ourselves to anxiety and worry, it it, it damages our testimony to non Christians around us. But when we walk in the peace and the joy of the Lord, the love of the Lord, and we do what's right regardless of external circumstances, it's a testimony, it's a witness to those around us that we are a part of a different kingdom. We are citizens of a different kingdom, an everlasting kingdom, Amen. It's God, your Father. He's your heavenly Father. And listen to this logic in verse twenty-six. He says, "Look at the birds of the air. Just okay. If you're a worrier, just slow down and just watch the birds. Just do some bird watching for a while. Get some seed. Get a get a bird feeder. Get some seed. Just sit there. Go somewhere where there's some birds and just watch these little birds." Enjoy life and eat seed and and sing and and fly around. Enjoy the freedom that God gives them. Watch the birds. And you know what? They're not worrying about tomorrow. They're not worried about where they're going to get their food, right? God graciously provides for the birds. Okay? That means he will, how much more, listen to logic, how much more valuable are you than the birds? Okay, little plug for all you animal lovers there. Um, human beings made in the image of God are more valuable. Okay? That's not really a plug for animal lovers. That's kind of a... Sorry about that. <laughs> he, he provides for his creation graciously. Okay? Sorry, animal lovers. Um, so the, the birds... Look at the flowers. Jesus points to the flowers. God makes the flowers look beautiful. He says in verse um, 28... He says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and tomorrow thrown in the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Like because so you look at how he feeds the birds. OK, don't worry about what you're going to eat. You look at how he clothes the the field with beautiful flowers don't worry about what you're going to wear like if god takes care of the birds and the flowers of the field he's going to take care of you he's going to provide for you okay so that's a, that's a kingdom perspective um also the kingdom perspective is one of faith and trust in god he's in verse 30 he says oh you of little faith when you and i worry about tomorrow we are displaying Little faith. Lack of faith. Right? <laughs> worrying is kind of like saying indirectly, uh, God, I don't think you can handle this. I don't think you've got control of this. It's indirectly saying to God, you don't, I, I need to help you out with this, God. Let me, let me figure a plan out here. <laughs> it's indirectly telling God that when you're worrying. Worrying is like meditating on Scripture, the opposite of meditating on Scripture and the promises of God worrying is like meditation on the bad on the negative on what could go wrong right it's worrying is like meditating on your fears let's just think about the scariest thing we can think of that can happen and just think about it for a long time and see what it does to us you'll wither right and so so jesus gives us an alternative the scriptures give us an alternative and and lastly a perspective is is god knows what you need He's your father. He cares for the, 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 the flowers of the field, the birds of the air. And he knows what you need. It's not like he doesn't know. Like we're, we pray not because we need to inform God what we need. You know, God, I need this. Well, I already knew that, right? You know, in Luke's account of this in Luke twelve thirty two it says, it's, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Yeah. Fear not, city church, garland. It's your heavenly Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He's going to give you everything else you need. Don't don't get preoccupied with focusing on stuff, even stuff that you need. Okay. Now, Jesus isn't teaching us to be irresponsible or lazy and do nothing, like don't work. Well, that, does that mean I just don't work and don't plan? He's not teaching that. I mean, you think about the birds. I mean, the birds are kind of active, right? They're out there. You know, the mama bird has to go get the food and bring the food back to baby bird. And so that we do have a responsibility. But ultimately, our lives are in the hands of almighty God and we should trust him. We should pray to him. And so we need this perspective. We need to change our perspective, actually. So if we're worriers and we're, we're, we're overwhelmed and captives to anxiety and fear and worry, we need a perspective change. And Jesus, this was Jesus's message repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand okay that's what Jesus said in, in Matthew 4:17 and the word repentance metanoia means to change your mind change your perspective and in, in Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7 this is a sermon that Jesus is giving about the kingdom of God and how the kingdom operates and how the people of the kingdom should operate. He talks. Jesus's main message was the good news of the kingdom, his parables. He talked about the kingdom. And so he called people to change the way that they're thinking and to think with a kingdom perspective. To think with a kingdom perspective. What is he calling you? What perspective is he calling you to lay down and take on his perspective We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need to spend time meditating on the truth of Scripture, meditating on what's good and lovely and praiseworthy and of good report. If we're going to change our perspective, we need biblical meditation. We need to meditate on the truth and the promises of Scripture. We need to meditate on what's pure and lovely, praiseworthy and of good report. And so lastly, let's look at the priority of the kingdom. We need our perspective changed. We need a kingdom perspective. uh, And we need to prioritize the kingdom of God. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So there's a promise connected with this instruction, with this exhortation. Seek first the kingdom of God. Prioritize God's kingdom, God's reign as king in your life and in the lives of others. So what does that look like? What does it look like for you and I to prioritize the kingdom of God? What does it look like this season? When there's all kinds of good things that we can be distracted with that maybe aren't necessarily kingdom things. Maybe some are, some aren't. What does it look like for us to keep this priority of the kingdom of God? By the way, I was convicted this week about this. Because I I think I I I need an adjustment right now in my priorities. I think if, if, this, if I was living verse 33, I think there's some things in my life that need to change. I think there's some things in my schedule that need to change. So first and foremost, I think what it looks like to prioritize the kingdom is to be people of prayer. To be prayerful. Jesus taught about this in the Sermon on the Mount. He taught about prayer. He taught about uh, praying, Your kingdom come, your will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. He taught about going into the secret place and doing that to be seen by your heavenly Father, and heard by your heavenly Father. Jesus himself modeled a life of prayer. It was Jesus' regular routine to get up early and to spend time communing with his heavenly Father in prayer. Jesus did it. I think, ultimately, you you just look at the life of Jesus. If you want to prioritize the kingdom, you just look at the life of Jesus and you imitate what Jesus did. Okay? Uh, Jesus went about doing good. Just doing good to people. Do good to others. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus was about that. He lived a kingdom life. He gave himself to that. Be generous with your resources. Jesus taught about that in Matthew uh, 5 through, through 7, Matthew 6, uh, 19 through 24. He says, don't store up your treasures here on earth, but store them up in heaven. How do we do that? We're, we're generous. We give. This is a great season to, to, to be generous, to give to others, to see those in need around you and, and give. Um, and then lastly, preach the gospel. Do what Jesus did. Share the good news of the kingdom with others. That's, that's one of the ways Jesus prioritized the kingdom was he was looking for people. He came to seek and save the lost. He had a message to proclaim. The kingdom of God is here. Repent. Change your mind. So some application. Two application points here. Turn your moments of worry into moments of prayer, thanks, and meditation on Scripture. How can you and I combat anxiety and fear and worry? As those thoughts come, as those emotions come, let them be a signal or a trigger for you to go to God in prayer. Let them be a signal for you to thank God for what he's already done instead of worrying about what's going to happen and what what you need him to do, right? And then meditate on Scripture. Meditate on the promises of God. That'll build your faith. That'll that'll strengthen you. That'll build you up. Um, Paul echoes this and in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything. Just in case you missed it in Jesus' teaching, Paul's just going to reemphasize it here. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. That means tell God, to, like let him know what's, what you need, what you're, what, you, what, you, what you're asking for. With thanksgiving, let, and he, uh, he reemphasizes it, let your requests be made known to God. Don't just worry about it and try to figure it out in your own mind. This is how it needs to happen. Let your request be made known to God. Does anybody have a specific time that they worry? Like, just specific time. I mean, is it, is it at nighttime when you're trying to go to sleep? You've, you've rested your head on your pillow and actually you can't sleep. It's been an hour. It's been two hours. Gosh, what do I do? I'll just worry for another hour, Right. Take those moments. Maybe you need to get up. Open up the scripture. Maybe turn on some worship music. Some of us, it helps us fall asleep if we read, right? Maybe you need to get up and just read the scripture, you know, fall asleep, right? <laughs> get up. Open the Bible, right? If the devil's keeping you awake, he might let you go to sleep if you start reading the Bible, right? <laughs> open the scripture. I'm trying to give you a prescription for, for worry, anxiety here. Um, And and meditate on the Scripture and pray. Talk to God about whatever it is that's on your heart. Talk to Father God, Daddy, Abba. He really cares. And He really cares about you trying to take it on yourself and hurting yourself and your family by you trying to take it on yourself. So talk to Him about it. And if you do that, if you let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving, you tell God what's, what's the problem, even though He already knows. You tell him what's up. You cast your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. As 1 Peter 5, 7 says, the peace of God, verse 7, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you're a worrier, you need this promise and you need to apply this truth to your life. If you're going to fight and be victorious over the spirit of fear, And anxiety in your life. And then in prayer, ask God to give you a perspective and a passion for his kingdom. You know, we don't prioritize the kingdom because we don't value the kingdom enough. Our value system needs to change. Our priorities need to change. And when they do, our actions are going to change. Amen? And so ask God to do surgery and work in your heart Change your perspective and your mind to help you with repentance and changing the way you think about life, about your life, about the church, about those around you. Ask for that perspective. We need to have our minds renewed. If you don't think you need your mind renewed, you're deceived. We we all, I don't care how biblically solid and mature you are as a Christian, how far along on the walk you are, you need your mind renewed in some areas. I need my mind renewed in many areas. And that is a process for us. Amen. So the kingdom has come and we pray, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in us. May this season, may we see your power manifested in our lives. May we see your presence in our lives in such a profound way that that joy would explode in our hearts. That peace would guard our hearts and govern our hearts. That love would abound from our hearts into the lives of others. That righteousness, that the fruits of righteousness would increase in our lives. That there would be right relationships, relationships restored, where wrong has been done. Where, where judgment, selfishness, pride have damaged the relationships. That your kingdom of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit would affect all of our relationships. And That we would be change agents, God. That you would change us and that you would bring about your kingdom through us. In Jesus' name. So, church, we're going to respond with prayer. We're going to respond with a song here. And I want to encourage you to pray these things. Let's, let's welcome God. Let's pray His kingdom come. Let's, let's pursue God. Let's make this season of Advent the most worshipful and meaningful season of Advent, of Christmas, that we've ever had. Amen?